All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the TCG cast. We are talking about trading card games of all sorts and sizes, and there are a lot of trading card games coming out. We have got the new set Into the Inklands from Lorcana. There is the new Altered TCG that is wrapping up their Kickstarter in less than two weeks from the time of this recording. But this episode is going to be designated to Star Wars Unlimited because our team, myself, James, and Greg were just blessed beyond measure and we're so just jazzed that Fantasy Flight Games invited us to come out to Minnesota last weekend to open packs, play on live stream, meet a bunch of content creators, and we have a ton of stories to share with everyone here. So let's talk about Star Wars Unlimited, and I'm going to introduce our co-hosts, our co-pilots, as you will, James and Greg. How is everybody doing? I am uh, absolutely thrilled to be here. It's been a great Great event, and I'm sure we'll go through all the details of it now. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that's all we have to say to lead it off. But uh, yeah, James, how are we doing? Oh, I'm feeling great. I, I know I haven't been able to be on in maybe a month or so. It's been a while, but uh, going to this event with you all was a special treat, and I feel reinvigorated, ready to jump in and talk about TCGs. Yeah, it's crazy to think that a week ago, we're recording on a Saturday evening. We were playing Twin Suns games and drafting packs with the designers and heads of Fantasy Flight Games. Like, what a crazy story to think about that we're sitting in a room playing games, and then at 10 o'clock, they kicked us out. We went to the hotel lobby, and some people <laughs> were playing on a table. Some people were playing around, like, a small table on carpet. And then a bunch of us were sitting, like, in the corner on concrete drafting. It was, like, college all over again during like a pre-release where there's just none of space and you just find a spot in the ground you start drafting and playing games because screw it we're gonna have fun 100 and honestly that that showed me how dedicated the team at ffg was the fact that like they were out with us till four o'clock in the morning maybe later that's when i <laughs> called it at night four o'clock in the morning playing on floors tables grounds whatever we could play on uh, that was just it just showed how passionate they were. And I had so much fun playing with them until my eyes could not stay open. <laughs> yeah, Greg, Greg and I had late flights, so we swore to each other like we are not stopping until <laughs> these people force us to go home. What time do we end? Like five o'clock in the morning or something? Five, five thirty, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. The Insane. only reason we didn't continue, we were going to play a twin sons game and someone was like I think mine's in the car. Also, I'm going to go home. Because <laughs> we were like, oh, we can just play a Twin Suns game. It's almost 6 o'clock. Breakfast will start in an hour. And they're like, eh, sure, why not? And I was like, well, maybe we should go to bed. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, maybe the Firelight Grill might be able to hit us up for some breakfast. But alas, it happened. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's actually so funny because like, I was, I was about ready. I was like absolutely tired from the whole day because it was like a whole day of playing star wars and we had the celebration with the open bar all that good stuff right and like after that i was like you know what i think we're gonna call it early tonight and then i get a message from james and sue you're just like you should come down at some point even like james is like <laughs> you ever get a second wind you're gonna want to come back downstairs yeah. I'm just like, it was a party it was a party yeah <laughs> and so yeah i mean i'm glad i definitely decided to uh you know, man up, go back down, and I'll play some more Star Wars. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad you did, too. Yeah, yeah I'm never so, going to tell uh, anyone what to do, but I was like, uh, you're going to want to come back down. You don't want to miss this. Yeah. I just needed some battery recharging time, you know, like a good hour and a half, and I was yeah. like, I'm ready, I'm ready. It was a good That's call. fair. I took like a 45-minute break where I showered and just kind of like sat in my room and drank some water, rehydrated, Same. and I was like, 
All right, mm-hmm. I'm ready to go because <laughs> yeah, we it had been a long day. I mean, like we could, I guess we could kind of start here. So uh, Friday, everybody flies in. We we hang out. We have a dinner. We each uh, there's three big tables and there's groups of designers and developers at each table. So we're hanging out. We're talking with the uh, tabletop misfits guys. So um, you know we're having a ton of fun. Xander's there. Jeremy or Jeremy wasn't there. Um, who else was there? Uh, Josh was there. John. Uh, there's there's tons of people. And dinner was great. It was just kind of fun to like start the whole event, just hanging out and being friends, just meeting people and chatting. Yeah, no cards, just friends. No, no cards. <laughs> watching, uh, watching y'all use the drink tickets while I'm getting uh, orange juice and the yeah. sprite. Oh, you mean Greg used the drink tickets? Oh, that's true. Yeah, Greg. Greg okay, used the so drink here's tickets. the thing. I want, I want to clear my name real quick. There's- <laughs> <laughs> There's not a whole lot of times where you can spend Monopoly money and get beverages. It's very true. So I'm like, I, I felt like I wanted to seize the opportunity. So yeah, I, I had some, I had some Dwinkies, as the Zoomers call them. And, uh, it was a good time. It was a good time. Oh my gosh! So yeah, Friday, Friday night was pretty low key. We played some games. Oh, shout out to Kaijudo fans. We got oh some Kaijudo yes. in. Thanks, uh, Greg, yeah. for teaching me. Yeah, you were playing some Arcana before I got in. How did that go? <laughs> uh, I think we played like what one game in total, and it was Ruby Amethyst <laughs> versus Steel Song. You know the quintessential yeah, sub team matchup, and then uh, classic rivals. Yeah, I, I forget too much about the details of the game, but I know that James got it in the end. Yeah, I, I think that was the theme of the weekends. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because people were talking like, you know, people were boasting, you know, like the good old card game banter, just like, oh, I'm undefeated all weekend. And I just walk around and people are asking my record. I say, I'm I'm defeated. <laughs> I am incredibly defeated. I don't think I won a single game of Star Wars. No, wait, I, I won some draft games. No, I won no, against Jim Cartwright. You, that's you what matters. You played against Jim. Yeah. You was going to yeah. say, you got, you got Jim. That's a pretty, that's a pretty empty statement. <laughs> uh, James is going to tell the, James is going to tell his undefeated story because he's like i'm undefeated and then we played a game of twin sons i was like i have bad news homie yeah <laughs> sugi, sugi was like that um basically that boxer who's undefeated their whole career and then they take that one really late match in like their late 40s they're like you know what i got one more in me and then they lose that's how i felt i was winning all day back to back to back and then sugi's at 3 a.m like you want to play a twin sons game i'm like sure why not and he just destroyed me with a um uh, a Death Tark- Star Stormtrooper. It was it was old man syndrome. I'm playing Director Krennic, old man, and Grand Moff Tarkin, old man. And all I did was so so James plays all of his stuff in space. I'm like, I'm going to lose this game. So I'm going to go all in Wolf on Wall Street. I, I play a three-one stormtrooper, yep. and then I just keep using Grand Moff Tarkin to buff this little dude over and over until. What was it like? Turn three, I'm swinging for like nine. You swung for like nine, yeah. It was intense, <laughs> and I'm just in space with a bunch of spaceships, and I'm like, oh no, I have nothing to stop this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you got this like one on the ground stormtrooper, and you, and James has got like what you have, um, Millennium Falcon, the A wing. Yeah, I'm playing the whole Sabine, Leia. Just I was playing basically a Sabine, Leia, Twin Suns, Rebel deck. It was just like throwing everything Rebel at you. Uh, And uh, unfortunately, I was drawing all space units. So yeah, it was a lot of uh, Squadron A-Wings and Millennium Falcons that were not touching your Stormtrooper. Yeah, I I drew the nuts because it was turn one, play the 3-1, then activate Grand Moff Tarkin to make him a 4-2. Then on turn two, I played... 
the stormtrooper that lets me attack with another body and gives it plus two plus so. <laughs> so I'm swinging for six. Yeah. So I've got a six Every two. Turn. <laughs> no, no. Well, it was it was a six two with that. Then I buff it again with Grand Moff Tarkin. So now it's a uh, five three. And then I've got a two two on board. And then the next turn, I play the exact same stormtrooper. So now I'm swinging for seven. And then two more from the other stormtrooper. It, it was just nuts. It was just like this compounding <laughs> interest. It's it's what you want money to do in real life, but it never yes. happens. And so it's just it felt kind of dumb because it's like, yeah, my stormtrooper is bigger than your Millennium Falcon. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it was it was hilarious. It was insane because I, I think I carried over that deck from um, this was sort of the way the night went was every time I tried to escape to go to sleep because I was exhausted. It was like someone else pulled me in. Uh, so John Leo and a couple other devs were like, no, no, you can't go. You got to play Twin Suns. I'm like, you're right. I haven't played Twin Suns yet. And they're like, we already built our deck. So you got like five minutes. Hurry up. And so I'm sitting there scrambling. I'm looking at like stacks of cards that are all sleeved in different sleeves. And I'm just like shoving them together. Like, okay, let's do Sabine. Let's do Leia. Let's do Rebels. <laughs> yeah, I and, kid you uh, not. The, the deck had like Luke sleeves and like blue Star Wars back sleeves. Maybe even a third type in there. And I, I look over i see james playing first of all no chairs because there's no chairs so he was like oh, no standing kneeling or whatever on the table right i just look over i'm just like james is that a is that a multi-sleeve today <laughs> and he's like i was rushed i was rushed <laughs> they, were, they would not let me i was like i think i should re-sleeve all this like we don't care let's play and i'm oh like are you gosh. sure <laughs> i was literally <laughs> sweating because not only am i playing against three devs i'm playing twin suns for the first time and i'm rushing my deck build i'm like this is gonna be embarrassing but That's i will tell you I somehow still won. I don't know how that happened, but I ended up winning. Uh, me and one of the wow. devs kind of like tag teamed against the other two. And then like near the end, he tried to betray me. And I was like, ha I betrayed you first. <laughs> and, I was, and I was able to win just oh barely by a couple points. It's okay. Next thing you know, in set eight or whatever set they're on right now in development, there will be uh, if you're playing against James Reimer, win the game card. <laughs> Listen, if you, if you notice, we don't get invited to events again. It's because of James. <laughs> Listen, guys, I I had a conspiracy that everybody was letting me win this weekend because I don't know why. Not just in Star Wars, but even Kaijudo in Lorcana. I felt so bad for Greg because we kept playing Kaijudo. <laughs> I was just like. Literally winning back to back to back. Did you win yeah, any of those? I, I probably won like one or two. But honestly, <laughs> you know, you don't have to feel bad for me at all. I had a great time. It was a grand old weekend. And honestly, yeah. the biggest thing about me playing Duel Master slash Kaijudo with people is just if I get a sense that they like the game, that I win in that case if someone oh, likes yeah. my favorite card game. So I had a lot yeah, of fun. And, and you definitely <laughs> liked it. So, James, even though I didn't really win, I did win. <laughs> I won, James. That's a good way to look at it. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, while we're great. on this topic, what did everyone build for their um, – did you get to play Twin Suns, Greg? I did. So I played in a five-man pod. It was right before we got kicked out of the – I guess the event hall, like Wisdom Gaming, it was after yeah. like the celebration and things. And I played with Dan from Main Deck and Crew. And we were about to get kicked out. So Twin Suns, how it ended up playing, it was five man, which seemed to play just fine, of course. Like you had to wait a little bit for the turn cycle to get back around to you, which of course is, you know, just a little bit. And, you know, you got to have some patience for that. But also at the very end, when we were about to get kicked out. We just decided to bully someone out of the game <laughs> so because we're like okay we're about to get kicked out we just got to figure out and so i played um the green two cost thing i forget exactly what it's called maybe it's something starfighter that allows you to basically 
kill him to then restand one of your guys and then swing with it. And so I oh, had man. like the, the swoop racer, the four, three in cunning. And I was like, all right, I'll swing at the base. All right. I'll play the guy. I'll swing at the base. And so everyone at the table was just like, all right, we really got to get out of here, but we got to wrap up this game. So that's just a bully someone. And actually it's a really interesting <laughs> rule of twin sons, right? Where it's like, you know, the, the game doesn't end for those of you who don't know the game doesn't end when everyone's knocked out. It actually ends when the first player is knocked out. Yeah. Then you have one more round around the table until the phase ends, I think is the official term in the game. And then you compare life totals and then whoever has the most remaining life on the base is the winner. And so <laughs> what really mattered there is that we were actually playing for like, Oh, who wins? There wasn't any politicking. It was just like, we're about to get kicked out of this event. Let's just start <laughs> bullying someone. And so bully we did. <laughs> wow. I love that. That's, that's love just that. gross. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I did play a game of Twin Sons. Uh, was it the intended way? Was it, was it the <laughs> developer intended way to experience Twin Sons? Probably not, considering <laughs> those five players and the game ended the way it did. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I love that. Did you did you have to build your Twin Sun deck in, in a matter of minutes as well? I did. Well, time? the good news is that you know they were in a pot of four, so they were you know building and playing. So I was kind of spectating as I was building mine. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I build Chewbacca and Jin, so very creature combat Ooh. focus. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> but uh, wow. yeah, no, it's uh, my deck's pretty fun. Um, shout out to Xander Tabler as well. I I gave him my twin sons list. I'm just like, can you give me a dankness score out of ten? He's like, dankness <laughs> score out of ten. Keep in mind, it was like four a.m. at this point. We were all just losing it, right? And, and he's like, yeah, I'll give it a solid uh, six. And he told me to. Uh, to make it better, I should slot in Luke Skywalker <laughs> Legendary, which thankfully I pulled in the draft that we just played prior, and the nice. lightsaber from the starter deck. And I said, well, if I slot those two cards in, would you at least give me a seven? He's like, I'll give you a seven. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, the good news is that I'm at least uh, I'm at least average according to the grading scale. And, oh and I think uh, I think that's what matters, right? That's all we got to that impress that FFG crew. The, the dankness score. I don't. I don't even know what kind of what. Like, what's the rating? Do you want to be more dank? Uh, I mean, probably. Uh, I was never quite clear on that. To be you honest, you sound unsure about the response. <laughs> You're like, maybe. I think I, I was never quite clear on whether or not a higher dankness score meant better. But I, I would like to assume that it does. I would like. To assume well, well, we'll have to get the dankness levels higher, and then we'll have Xander come on, and we'll play a four-player. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Spots. We need Xander back on, and I'm hoping that one day when I win against everyone Twin Suns, he'll give me a 10 out of 10, oh, but uh, maybe that's a tall order. It's perhaps well, y'all, y'all better for. start getting your webcams ready so we can do some multiplayer online. Oh, I'm looking forward oh, for to sure. Sugi and I already got a case. I think James is about I gotta, to. I'm going to order this weekend, for sure. I'm yeah, gonna, shout you, out to you Alchemist know. Refuge. Yeah, shout out to our sponsor, Alchemist Refuge. We are getting all of our Star Wars stuff from uh, Mr. Medina, but you know that this game is hot when all three of us are buying a case. Like one hundred percent. That's it, that is not something we do. Normally, we'll buy like yeah, we'll get like four or five. You know, maybe three to four. I even buy a case of Lorcana. I don't think I bought a box of Lorcana. No, I bought many cases of Lorcana. <laughs> I think what's so great about it and why I'm so quick to do the case uh, buy is because opening a pack is so refreshing. Like I played TCGs my whole life. And there's just something special about opening a pack with like 16 cards and like every card in it has an opportunity to somewhat surprise you. In the front, you got bases and leaders that could be rares. You have full art um, hyperspaces in the middle. Then you have rares and hollows in the back. Like it's just like the entire pack is a treat. So I will definitely open a case. Yeah, your video on Twitter sparked that that thought in me because I was like, 
why do I love cracking packs more than anything I've ever done in years? And you hit the nail right on the head. There's just something everywhere. There's hyperspace. So for those who don't know, hyperspace card is a full art card, but that's the the FFG term in Star Wars Unlimited. But there's hyperspace commons, uncommons, rares, legendaries. So like the front of a pack has two cool cards. The middle of a pack could have something really cool the end of a pack has something really cool like this is the only game i'm not and you i think you mentioned this too i'm not just gonna like throw the the front eight cards into a <laughs> bin and then look yeah. for the rare because like with pokemon or yeah. magic it's like oh look comments trash uncommons maybe <laughs> throw that in a bin what's my yeah. rare my mythic cool next pack uh because like i was even opening packs with my fiance and she was like well i don't understand why you just jump to the back isn't there cool stuff in the middle i was like no she was like, let me open some packs. And after like pack five, she's like, okay, I get it. There's nothing really here. Uh, but I told her about Star Wars and Lemon. She's like, you're going to have to let me open one of those booster boxes. Like, okay, babe. Okay. <laughs> but like she, she saw some of the packs that people had posted on Facebook. She was like, or YouTube. And she's like, there's something everywhere. And I was like, yes, James said that too. Huh? <laughs> and like my, my fiance is not a trading card gamer. So the fact that James is on that frequency and my fiance, who is not into games at all is in that same frequency. It's like, Oh, FFG did something really smart here. There's something for everyone because you don't know what you're going to get because like every other game, it's like, all right, first nine cards, throw them in the bin. Let's see what I get next pack. Star Wars Unlimited? No, no, you're searching for all kinds of fun stuff. And some of these crazy packs, you can get like a hyperspace common and uncommon or like a hyperspace rare and uncommon. Like you can see multiple hyperspaces in a single pack. There's all yeah. kinds of crazy rarity pulls. Right. There's a couple of things I want to say about the structure of a booster pack because I think you guys hit on a lot of great points. This is probably the biggest for me. And this might be a controversial take or whatever, but like the foils are real. They're super shiny, <laughs> right? They, they're possibly bendy. And here's the thing about like, I know that people talk about like, oh, foils curl, things like that. Uh, I, I double or triple sleeve my decks. That's never been an issue for me. <laughs> um, and so just like, honestly, the shinier the cardboard, the better. Of course, Lurkana has like the cold foil approach. I think Flesh and Blood has also implemented that. But it's like, oh, no, they just don't do it for me. It feels like the foil is like through one of those like anti-glare dragon shield mm, sleeves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it's just like the foil is like super muted. And so the fact that FFG kind of went like all out on this foiling process and like everything's super shiny and with extended art border, like this is... This is what I this is what's to die for within trading card game design, um, or at least product design, right? And then also this is a genius move when drafting the game. Of course, it goes you, you draft the leaders first, right? So you pull out the base and the leader. Since they're paper boosters, in order not to see the rest of the pack, what you can do is actually just rip the top of it and then pull out the first two cards from the mm -hmm. pack. And so it's like, oh my gosh, like th this product line or at least i'm sure maybe james might be able to speak of this as well as our mr product designer right <laughs> on the, on the show, right? But like, just like everything just seems so carefully thought out there's tokens for all the damage and different um like counters in the game like there's like that pack thing there's the fact that like the starter decks have all the manuals and they're wrapped in like the nice little paper, the parchment paper with like little cardboard deck boxes that actually fit sleeved cards, by the way. It's like, yes. they did, they did not mess around. I, I feel like this is like, in terms of product design, this is a 10 out of 10 launch for a TCG. I have to agree with you. And it, it, when you just mentioned starter decks, even the smallest detail, which is usually something that aggravates people in other games, 
they have exclusive cards in the starter decks, like I'm your far- father or C3PO and R2D2. And instead of saying, let's put one copy in here and make you buy three of the decks, they put three copies in it, which is a playset. So it's like you don't have to buy multiple copies of the starter deck to just have these cards. And those little details just show that they actually thought through with the experiences for, for players and not just like a business model of like what's going to make us the most money. Uh, and so I, I, the love is there 100%. And uh, I think even with the pack structure, they, they thought of everything, like you said, of the fact that like every um, – every base has a token on the back so if you're playing draft or whatever you have tokens to play with once you've already got the base you need um and i'm pretty sure they actually spread out the different aspects in the pack so that you actually get enough you know from opening you know is it three packs i believe you gotta actually build a deck with yeah so they they really thought of everything and multi-format from day one which most games don't they usually come out the gate with one format in mind and they build more later they're like no 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 we're going to make sure you have everything you need for draft, for competitive one-on-one, for multiplayer, for twin sun. Like everything is right there on day one. And that is uh, super special, super special. So I have two points I want to make. Uh, James, you kind of knocked out of the park with the um, the starter decks with a full playset. So in Star Wars Unlimited, a playset is three of a single card. Yeah. For those who don't know, and I, I was going to talk about this on Twitter, and I, I might still do that. In older FFG days, if you all were around during the LCG lifespan, they used to have, uh, for, for those who don't know, LCG is a living card game, so there was no rarity whatsoever. You would have a core set box when the game came out, and then every every month, so it was supposed to be every month, but every month or so, there was a booster pack, air quotes, and it would be generally 15 to 20 cards. And it would be the same set of cards everywhere in the world. So if I bought a set and James bought a set, there would be no rarity difference whatsoever. So for Fantasy Flight Games to make money and sell cards, inside of the starter core boxes, there would always be one or two cards you had to have three copies of. And they would only put one in that box. So you were forced to to purchase three of these boxes if you wanted to be a competitive player. And that was really annoying because we all knew, oh, hey, look, here's a new like, you know, net runner. The LCG would come out and here's like this icebreaker or this event you had to have one copy per box. All right. Well, I guess I'm buying three or the Warhammer LCG would come out or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There were tons of LCGs. There was a Star Wars LCG and it, the exact same thing would happen every time. There's always that one card you had to have and you had to buy three of. And this is the first time. I can recall in a long time where a starter set had a full play set in one purchasable box, which means you don't have to buy three of the starter set. Now you're sitting on 10 copies of a card you don't want. You just have to buy one. And it's like, yes, thank God. Now I can spend all that extra money on booster packs, which is what I want to do. anyways. <laughs> but it, it was just kind of annoying that we all knew, oh, look, new game. We're going to have to buy three sets of the core box. Yeah, woo. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, so FFG has definitely pivoted away from that because it just it did feel like a money grab. It was kind of disappointing. Uh, but then the other thing I just wanted to bring up, and I know this might seem very small, but uh, James can probably attest to this as a product designer. The fact that the booster packs are in paper wrappers, similar to Flesh and Blood, and the starter decks are in that parchment paper, just really shows the attention to detail because let's be honest ffg did not have to do that they could have easily put the booster packs in that classic foil wrapping like everybody else in the world and they could have wrapped their starter decks in plastic like 
everybody else in the world. And we wouldn't have thought better or worse for it. We would have been like, okay, cool. This is the industry standard. That is what we expect because, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Magic, Lorcana, everybody does a foil wrapper. Uh, minus flesh and blood, of course. And here comes Star Wars. And the first time I touched the pack, I was like, wait, this is paper. And I think I turned to James and Greg because you were behind me. I was like, guys, what the heck is this? And it's like, <laughs> it just feels better. And yeah. I like I like paper boosters better than foil. Um, mm. But like Greg was saying, when it comes to doing draft, you can legitimately rip the top of the pack open and it doesn't hurt the cards because it's paper. Wow. I just I don't know why they made that decision, but I love the fact that they made that decision. <laughs> like it just shows thoughtfulness. And of course, like, don't get me wrong. Like, there's there's the environment and, you know, recyclability and, and stuff like that. But it's just one of those really small details that stands out, I think, quite a bit to people who like once you touch that wrapper, it's going to go. It, it just tactile. It feels so different than that classic, you know, crinkled foil wrapper that we're so used to. Yeah. And that's not to even speak of like the rest of the products too. Like I'm not, I'm not done gushing about this product lineup, especially Ooh. from like a product design standpoint. Um, art sleeves that are actually, that have good. Good. Right, they're, yeah. they're good. <laughs> they're, they're double matte. Game Jetic did a really great job. Like I, I was like, when I saw their art sleeves, I'm like, oh man, I didn't bring my, you know, KMC matte and clear like oversleeves. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 No. yeah. It's going to be a tough weekend. Right. And then I shuffled with them. Just like, oh my gosh, these are awesome. Right. Um, so th that's one thing, the deck pod, as they call it, I love that name, the deck oh, it's pod. so good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, like a faux leather deck box that has a compartment that you can take off and then put on the bottom and it's magnetized. Right. But there's also a spot for your I meter. Heard that. Right? I heard that's, that. That's kind of, <laughs> you hear that. But it's, there's it. also a spot for your leader, right? That's kind of like an ultra pro mini snap for those who have ever played like a leader based card game and put their leader in one of those. It slots right into the deck box. So like your leader can be like, I mean, they call it like the showcase, but it's like literally the showcase of your deck box. If you have a showcase Beautiful. leader, which uh, Sugu will be able to talk about. Right. For all your tokens, which are like made to fit all of your game genic tokens that come in a little plastic bag, right. That have all the little plastic tokens that you can put on your, on your, um, your guys, the pins are really nice. I already put them on my geek bag, my ultra pro geek bag. <laughs> it has all the aspects on them. They're great. And uh, I mean, is there any other product I'm missing? But like, I mean, seriously, like this product line is mats. crazy. All the mats are mats. awesome too. Yeah. yeah. We got an exclusive event mat from, from the celebration. Then there's a two player mat that I'm definitely buying and like having at locals for people to play when we get there. Um, I think one of my favorite things out of the product line that you mentioned was the tokens that they made. I think most games, what I always have to do is go on Etsy and go find a third party person who's like making their own versions of real tokens. And mm. this is just awesome to see that they actually thought about every single status condition, damage, you know, yep. and they made sure that there was one made for that. So you just buy this one time and you have all the tokens you need to be able to play the game and have a really immersive experience, not just like cheap little paper things on the board, but like everything feels tactile. feels like you're playing like an actual tabletop game with all these pieces on. Yeah, it was so funny because I remember James and I, we sat across from each other when we were opening up packs, right? And I was just like, I took the promo leader that we got that was like, you know, extended art, right? And I kept on like turning <laughs> it face up and like back rested again, right? And you're just like, you're just getting a feel for it, right? I'm just like, man, it just, it just feels good, right? The game... The game feels flow is very great. good. It just feels great. The cards are are great. They're um, it, it's actually interesting. the The cards feel very similar to the Arcana cards. I don't know if you guys noticed that. I did. Uh, yeah, yeah. I wonder if they're like using like similar printers. I don't know how industry printing works, but uh, card yeah, stuff very, feels good. Very similar. Yeah. 
Isn't uh, I think Star Wars Unlimited is coming from Cardamundi. Oh, interesting. I think Lorcana is also coming from there as well. So that may explain the similarities. <laughs> but yeah, you know, they they have the core, they have the um this is my favorite part. I have a card, a battlefield marine common, right? But if you if you take the the top side of it and the bottom side and you fold it in like a half pipe sort of thing, like you shout out Sonic 2 on the Genesis, right? And that, that sort of <laughs> shape, right? You can bend it back into shape. It's still there's there's no visible creases. It's still sleep. Oh, the matching test. Yeah, fine. Yeah, it, it, it passes the bend test. So, oh, great, I have also job. good news. So it does pass the bend test. Which for those of you who don't know, if you have a fake Magic the Gathering card or a fake Lorcana, fake Star Wars Unlimited card, if you bend it like Greg was saying into a half pipe and it creases, that is a fake card. If it doesn't crease then it's a real card. But I also took a uh, Vigilant Honor Guard. I had like 20 of these things, and I ripped it in half. I'm sorry. Don't hate me. But for those who um, don't know about counterfeit stuff, uh, Pokemon has an interesting uh, anti-counterfeit measure. It's not super useful if you rip a card in half. But um, there is a black ink line between the pieces of paper where it rips, and that shows that the card is genuine. So I wanted to test and see if Star Wars Unlimited had that same black line in between the paper rips, and it does. So clearly there are some anti-counterfeiting measures between uh, the rare cards having that X-Wing stamp at the bottom, kind of like Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic, the, the holographic stamp. You also have the Ben test. And then if you just really want to go ham, you can rip the card in half and see, oh, no, nope, there's no line. Clearly it was a fake or, yeah, there's the line. It was real. <laughs> Yo, should I do the Ben test of my volcanic islands to check if they're legit right now? No, 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 no. Don't do that. There's there's <laughs> other ways to check. Yeah, don't worry. I've I've done the jeweler's loop. I, okay, I, 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 I know the I know the strats. I know the strats. So you're looking for the little red L on the green dot. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah very, and the very shape dangerous. of an L on her green dot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of product, I'd actually love to take it back to um, the Saturday when we actually got to sit down and walk into this event hall that we played at. And uh, I think we all didn't know for sure what we were going to get. We probably were all were expecting maybe starter decks, maybe some you know sleeves or something. They gave us a, a, like a, a gift bag, and it was full of basically one of every product, I think, maybe missing a couple of things. Yeah. And we were all, our minds were blown. We were sitting there being tortured like it was like the day before Christmas with gifts in front of us because they basically said, don't open don't anything open yet. Packs. <laughs> I know they said don't open packs, but I'm just like, oh. can I rip open the starter? Can I? Yeah, I, I didn't just to be safe. I'm like, I really want to open the starter. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't want to be the guy who like didn't follow the rules. So yeah, I was like, I'm not going to touch anything until, until I say, oh, yeah. I started ripping up in that deck pod. So like the one thing I want to say about that deck pod, we have a review coming out. It might be out by the time this goes live, but um, that is probably one of my favorite deck boxes in the history of deck boxes ever made. One, mm-hmm. it's cool as crap. Like that's the most family friendly word I could say. It, it is super cool. Two, that case that you can display your leader for is ingenious. However, Perfect. and I, I hope FFG doesn't send any anybody after me. Sorry, Stormtroopers. Uh, for those of you who play Commander for Magic the Gathering, this is probably going to be one of the most popular deck boxes ever because not only can you use it for Star Wars Unlimited, but you can put your Commander on the front of that deck box. I have a ton of Commander decks, and now I can segment them by color and by Commander because uh, Star Wars Unlimited is going to have... Uh, red, blue, green, yellow, white, and black. 
guess what colors are in magic? <laughs> All <laughs> of those. Can that deck fit 100 cards, though? That's the nice Yes, test. yes, it can. It can. <laughs> I, I tested it. Also, there are going to be dual deck pods. So you could have two Star Wars Unlimited decks or two Commander decks. Like, the, the flexibility of these deck boxes is insane because like if you think about most companies they want to make a deck box that can fit you know Lorcana, magic Yu-Gi-Oh, pokemon flesh and blood yada 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 and they do they, they're just a very comfortable standard size box but the fact that you can display what's in the box is great because half the time i'm looking through my deck boxes going okay which commander deck is this i don't have labels or anything i just have deck boxes but the fact that i can now put my commander on the front and i can organize by color oh this is gonna be so nice oh it's beautiful uh, so like I'm it's probably so nice. gonna buy like double of all the deck boxes because I'm gonna have one set for Star Wars and one set for Magic. Um, it's it's just so useful. I'm pretty confident they knew what they were doing because if you look at Star Wars Unlimited and the formats they have, there's a lot of mimicked thing from Magic: The Gathering, and mm-hmm. I think that's smart. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's cool that you've got standard, you've got limited, you've got sealed, you've got draft, you've got uh, multiplayer singleton. It's like Wow, this yeah, is well, intense. While we're on the topic of the deck pod, I love how we can just hear the compartments close. I think all of us are just looking at it. Yeah, like we're all just one, flipping it. That oh, one no, meme format. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I sent it to our, to our Facebook chat, but, like, you know that picture of Wolverine, like, looking at a picture in bed, and it's, like, just him, like... <laughs> <laughs> it's him just like admiring the picture, whatever it yep, is. Yep. That's us with the Star Wars deck pod right now. It's so oh, nice. Man, it looks so good. It, also, uh, so- it feels really good. I don't know what oh, it yeah. is. It just feel like the physical tactile feel. Because it, you said it's faux leather. It, it feels like kind of like a, a plastic rigid. I don't know. It just feels great. And you Definitely. can you can hear the slap right now. Like. Oh, it's iconic. The sound is iconic. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I, I love the I love the little clear case that you can put your leader in. I'm admiring that right yeah, now. Oh, me too. That's what I'm staring at. <laughs> I, to, to Sugi's point about the references or like you know inspiration of Commander, I think it was so genius to build this game around a, a leader and a base. Um, mm-hmm. One of my best, my favorite things about TCGs in general is deck building, and they kind of knocked that out of the park. I think a lot of games. You know, it tends to just be sort of a good cards game. You kind of just throw together a bunch of good cards and now you have a deck. I think with um, <laughs> with Star Wars Unlimited and similar to Commander, you kind of just pick a character that you really love, that you're passionate about, that you're excited about. And there's so many ways to build around that because you can change the aspects that are paired with it with the base. And so, like, you might just love Chewbacca, but nobody's Chewbacca deck is the same because somebody might play with aggression. Somebody yeah, might play like, with double vigilance. It's just the like so tagline. The tagline of the game just makes so much sense. I think it's like unlimited <laughs> possibilities or something but like um, that. Sh- it's like, oh, it's like, oh, man, I love it because like. Well, think about it, how much of the deck changes just if you choose a different color base, right? Like, 100%. I've actually thought about, like, oh, what kind of Chewbacca deck can I build? And I'm, like, a, a bit far away from building the green version of the deck, the blue-green mm-hmm. version. But I realize that I have – there's plenty of great cards in Cunning that are three costs or less that fit within this Chewbacca shell. I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to build a Cunning Chewbacca deck, and I built yeah. it – or I'm building it. And it's like, wow, okay, this deck works too. I never thought that this would be a color pair for Chewbacca, but – you know, case in point, unlimited possibilities, right? <laughs> 100%. I mean, it multiplies, right? I mean, if there's so many leaders, so many bases, and then there's individual card choices inside of those combinations. It's like the same way that Commander feels great that everybody shows up with a different deck at the table and there's the excitement and surprise. I think Unlimited is going to have that same feeling of like, 
people are going to show up at locals with different decks and you're not going to have just like, oh, everybody's playing the same one because there's it's mostly based on what are you the most excited about trying in terms of the leader. And you're going to, like uh, with the deck box, you're showcasing it on the front. There's so much pride and identity involved with that that you might not get in other card games where it's just a bunch of cards in a deck face down. And it's set one. This set is the one. first set and we're just so excited and enamored with the opportunity. Like this doesn't happen very often. It really doesn't. <laughs> You've all heard it before, like the set one card game apologia, where people go like, "Oh, you know, it's just set pains. one. It's just set one. It's just a new <laughs> game, right?" Like this is probably like, I mean, I don't want to speak too soon, but this might be like the absolute best the game will ever be. Like the set one right now, it's awesome, and not because it's like, oh, well, you know, it's only going downhill from here, but kind of that. You know what I mean? Like this is such a great <laughs> launch. I think that this launch is a. Uh, you know, some that are like a launch that other card game companies will look at and be like, oh my gosh, like that's, let's try, let's try to see what they did here. Yeah. And the The fact that it's three sets a year. Yeah. That's great. That's perfect. That's exactly what I want. Oh, the three sets a year. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great because it it lets us actually enjoy the set one a little longer than most. You could actually enjoy it for four months. We're going to get to just play this format of the game um, and really enjoy it. And then when set two comes out, we can really shake it up. And there's only one more for the rest of the year. And I think, yeah, three is the perfect number. I think some games are moving up to like five, six, seven, eight different sets in a year. It's hard hard to keep up, you know? Uh, So we got to know there's only three. I have to plan for three shakeups a year. That's refreshing for sure. Yeah. And I think the other funny thing to think about is the formats that we played during the Star Wars Celebration event was Twin Suns, which is multiplayer. Sealed, which is uh, you crack six packs and build a deck, and um, draft, which is you draft three packs. We didn't play a single game of constructed, or at least I didn't. No, and I at no point was like, you know what, I want to build a constructed deck. I had so much fun jamming on Twin Suns, draft, and sealed, it was like heaven on earth. So, like, getting to play constructed is gonna be really fun, but the fact that the other formats feel just as good, if not better like i am just so hyped on twin suns i am not gonna lie i could play twin suns and completely forget every other format and be totally happy because the the tricolor permutations are kind of nuts and then once you go to like double aspect plus a color there's so many things you can do it's crazy literally insane and it's it's cool to see that they even like there's so many layers the game doesn't to think about in that you know as soon as you crack open the possibilities of two leaders but the fact that like there are synergies there even within those pairings of just like leia you know synergizing with rebel sabine's also a rebel so pairing those together there's like synergy automatically with those two leaders but it's like crazy to think that there's so many gymnastics they have to jump through to one design them as individual leaders and two design leaders that pair together uh, naturally, yeah. I mean, yeah, I for one welcome so our Thrasios Timna <laughs> commander twin son overlords. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know if you guys talked to the designers or the yeah. devs about this, but um, I was asking if there was going to be uh, twin sons specific cards in future sets, kind of like ah. Magic has commander specific cards, and they said, yeah, they're they're taking twin sons into account in future sets. Uh, I believe. As early as set two, possibly. I didn't get like a wow. confirmation directly, but it was like 
set one is basically like the most base fundamental set. So it's just kind of across the board. So there weren't cards specifically designed for twin suns, but they all work in twin suns. But once we see future sets, like we'll see a card that very clearly is like, this is a twin suns card. Like this is a multiplayer specifically designed card. And like, Mm-hmm. Possibly, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of exciting to know that future sets will have specific designs for Twin Suns, which means they're not going to just make this format and like leave it in the dust and be like, "Oh, hey, we announced it. You do whatever you want." Like they are actively designing cards around that format, which is fun because, like, even as like a bare minimum, if that's what they did, I'd still be cool with it because we'd make it a fun format anyway. But just like just having that official support, it can never hurt. It goes a very long way and is much appreciated. So yeah, like. The thing that's interesting about the Twin Suns format is there's the standard format where you have like one copy of each card, two leaders, one base. Um, but we were actually sitting next to Ryan Serrano during the um, the pack opening process for Sealed, and he had mentioned that he had a popper version of Twin Suns. I actually think he played that deck during the live stream FFG did like three or four days ago and so for those who don't know a popper deck is commons and uncommons only no rares no legendaries nothing higher than that and so the fact that there's already a format where there's like constructed constructed popper it's like oh my gosh this is way too cool because i loved popper magic because you could build a deck for like ten dollars commons uncommons don't cost anything so being able to play a twin suns deck for pennies on the dollar sounds like fun and without the the power level of the rare and legendary cards you have to look at your uncommons and commons and go how do i find synergy within these colors and make you know a a potent deck with the the resources available and so i like that that stretched challenge of you don't have access to vader you don't have access to luke you don't have access to yoda or obi-wan like you have to use these very low to the ground cards and like cool that's fine i'll I'll do it i want to make that happen thank you so much for listening to this episode of tcg cast we appreciate each and every one of our listeners for joining us on this week's episode if you'd like to help the show out definitely make sure to follow us on our social media accounts such as twitter and facebook at tcg cast Also, you can help support the show by picking up your trading card game accessories and singles at our sponsor, alchemistrefuge.shop. This is one of our favorite places to pick up cards for Lorcana, Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, and soon, Star Wars Unlimited. All the information and more will be in the show notes. So thanks again for joining us, and let's get back into this episode. By the way, I'm curious uh, how you all are coping now with uh, the fact that we all had products so early. Uh, the fact that we, we, not, we, we not left well. that event. <laughs> not not <laughs> we, well, champ. You know, we, we were at that event where we're surrounded by other people geeking out about the game with us. And then you come back home to your hometown. And it's like nobody else can play this game. <laughs> There's only so many times I can goldfish my Palpatine deck before I actually want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there there have been some days where i feel very alone and i'm like oh i can't do anything with these yeah. cards Ugh. i'm just shuffling through my cards like oh man i can't wait to play this with a real person <laughs> yeah. i've seen some people at locals play the um the starter decks you know if those yeah they gave them out early yeah, yeah. Demos yeah. To stores yeah. early stores have cool. uh, demo decks that they can use so people can like try the game out mm-hmm. but let's yeah, be honest that, uh, twin suns is the way to go man oh yeah 100 percent right. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. Like, um, 
so basically Friday locals is my Lorcana locals, but I, I'm not going to lie. I hijacked it a little bit. I went, <laughs> <laughs> I went Friday. I'm like, I'm not playing Lorcana, y'all. I'm playing Star Wars. Anybody want to join in? Feel free to sit in front of me. Had a couple people try the game. And uh, the store owners or the store managers were like, how do you have all of this stuff? And I'm nah. like, it's, it's top secret. Don't worry <laughs> you know, about it. Don't worry about it. Um, and so, yeah, I mostly just played uh, Luke versus Vader starter decks with everybody to teach them the game. And I'll tell you, even though the starter decks are fun, they're a great way to play the game and learn how to play it. It is not the same as how we played this weekend with Draft, Seal, <laughs> and uh, tw- Twin Suns. Like, it's just a way more fun experience with you know your own cards and different variations on what you're playing the star decks definitely are slower for sure than like playing with a, a real deck for the most part but still good still good and uh i plan to basically hijack locals as much as possible until the game actually comes out do it. <laughs> that's my plan don't, don't do worry it. about it <laughs> yeah no, it's funny because i actually pulled out the playmat and people were just like how do you get that and you, you feel like the hottest <laughs> when you're just like, yeah, language yeah, language oh you're right you feel like the <laughs> the hottest you potato like, in the world. You, you no, feel like the, I'm a, I'll bleep it. Don't worry about it. I got you. You feel like the guy. You feel like the man. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, you know. No big, you, you try to be humble about it. You're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just kind of oh, a thing, gosh. you know. I, 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 I met, you know, Tatooine. I went to the Tashi <laughs> station for some power converters. No big yeah, deal. exactly. You know, that should be what I say for now. <laughs> I felt kind of oh, bad because man. when I came and brought in all my product that I had, like the store manager was like, oh, I got the Star Wars Thunder Decks. I'm like, man, we got all these cards. We're good. <laughs> We're <just playing>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. <laughs> I'm actually surprised, uh, and maybe uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Most TCGs, uh, I'm surprised with it being coming out so soon. There's not actually singles for sale yet. Is that normal? Yes. So the street date for the game is officially pre-release is March 1st, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the actual release is March 8th. Got it. So technically, stores can't break street date until. Uh, generally it's the release date of the eighth, but some people will put up pre-orders on the first. Um, But like industry standard is usually the official release date is when you can buy singles. Sweet, sweet. Not that I would know what to buy anyways. I'm so disconnected from the meta, but yeah, Uh, I was curious. eBay has people who have done like pre-release sales. So they clearly say we don't have this in hand, but we will. Um, but that's like eBay is literally the wild, wild west. I don't trust yeah. it at it, all. It's also tough because it's like, how do you how do you project the pull rates of a game that doesn't have a sample size for pull rates yet? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. So it's tough. It's tough to really know. If, yeah, if the only real cards in the wild would be from our event. So if you see any mm-hmm. of those and someone's like card in hand, mm-hmm. that's going to be someone from the event. However, I, I didn't get the feeling like people from the event were going to sell the cards because it just no. it felt so precious and organic to be in this little – it's kind of like this trading card game vacuum because yeah. people were trading cards not based on – a market that doesn't exist it was so just refreshing. kind of like it was like, I've got a rare, it's like a playground got a trading rare. yeah it was it was like uh well you were asking earlier james about that so greg and i did a trade where what did i trade you i traded you a hyperspace gin leader admiral That's akbar right. two hyperspace commons or uncommons like and the wing some, leader was in there 
a wing yeah you, you had a, a wing leader and what else something else i forget what else all i know is that you ended up with vigilance the command and it's just like okay well you give me a couple rares some uncommons and showcase yeah. i want or not showcase <laughs> but like hyperspace i want yeah it's like okay this is, you know this seems very fair but it's also like oh i mean if this vigilance card is like a 20 dollar legendary we'll figure it out later but it was like <laughs> yeah it was just trying to get cards into each other's hands and i actually had that as well shout out to max Sapera. Um, he just wanted to build Vader, right? And he's like, this Luke deck I got, I don't want to build any hero stuff. Just let me know the Vader cards you have. I'm just like, that's sweet. It's cool that you say that because I want to build Chewie and Luke. These mm-hmm. both need a play set of R2-D2 C-3PO. And he's like, yeah, take them. I don't, you know, I'm not building those decks. I'm like, it's awesome because I want to build both. And I hate switching cards back and forth between decks. It's a very arduous process, like removing things from sleeves, putting them back in sleeves, right? And so, like, I ended that weekend with just like two playsets of C3PR 2D2 and cards that I view to be very playable in heroism, right? And it's like, it's just that kind of trading I miss a lot because it's not like it's not like the super value focus where it's like, all right, let's pull up TCG player. Oh man, you're missing fifty cents. I can't make this deal unless you throw me a couple quarters. You know, like it's like that super like sweaty. Like we think that we're like people like watch one it episode stops. of Suits and thinks that yeah, <laughs> and think that they're making like this big law firm deal or whatever. It's like no, it's it's cool. It's just it's trading cards and we are trading cards for cards for our decks, right? That's what we need. We need playable. Exactly. It just yeah. felt so good to not have to worry about getting sharked i mean obviously with legendaries you have to kind of guess what they could go for but like i gave you three rare cards two hyperspace one hyperspace leader and then like four or five commons and uncommons like that's i feel i think that's pretty fair for a fair trade for for a legendary yeah probably Yeah, it was so refreshing. I, mean, I ended up trading um, Hera for, I, and I know Hera is a rare technically, but I wasn't planning on playing Hera at all. And I was like, I did not pull Boba, and I know he's common. And I was like, okay, I'll trade you uh, Hera for Boba and a bunch of other stuff to balance it out. And it was like, great. I mean, I, I got to walk away with a leader I actually wanted to play, and uh, they got what they wanted. And it's just like, you don't get to do that anymore. Like you all said, it's just so refreshing to be able to like not have to pull up an app and compare prices. It's just like, you know, you want to play this, I want to play that, let's switch. <laughs> so, so refreshing. And I, and I hope that some of that's retained, but I, I know that's eventually going to fade away once there's a market and there's a meta. Uh, mm-hmm. But we can enjoy it while we can. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I can't say enough high praise to Fantasy Flight Games for hosting a great event, providing an amazing amount of product that we, we didn't ask for, we didn't expect. We were just there to have fun and that goodie bag was full of all kinds of stuff. And it's like, wow. Um, I like, like FFG (laughs) is also really putting their best foot forward to promote like the community because we were able to like uninhibitedly talk to anyone we wanted. Like Jim was there. We got, we we got to talk about that tattoo on his arm. That was really cool. (laughs) Um, Jeremy Zorn was like every single designer, every single developer was there and they weren't like, Hey, I've got five minutes to talk to you. And then five minutes to talk to you. They're just walking around, hanging out. And you could just walk up and be like, hi, I'm such and such. Like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. And they would talk (laughs) about Star Wars or video games or board games or Star Wars Unlimited. Like, it just felt like gamers hanging out with gamers. It wasn't like this political event. It wasn't like company versus content creators. It was just a bunch of people in a room who love Star Wars and trading card games getting to just enjoy this fun moment. And you don't see that very often, especially from major corporations. So like, I think I think Fantasy Flight deserves to be commended because they they put their best foot forward and they really humanized the team 
where yes. everyone was on the same foot. And that's really refreshing because a lot of times you go to an event, it's like, hey, I'm the designer. Who are you? No, they never, they didn't have that attitude. They're like, they're like oh, hey, I, I just play games. Like, aren't you? Yeah, a in fact, for a lot of, because yeah, yeah. I didn't know the entire team, a lot of it was just like, wait, you're with FFG? That's awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like they're kind of, uh, they're playing a game of Among Us and they were the imposters. They were just gamers, just like us playing yeah, the game. Just it's, it. just like, it's like awesome. He's like, you know, I'm Ryan. Nice to meet you. I'm a junior game dev at FFG. I'm just like, oh, wait, really? That's awesome. You know? And uh, so even cool. like, they're taking a step away from the kind of, even just from a more personal perspective, this event is just like so many memories, you know, like the, <laughs> the ticket drinks for Greg and then, you know, being able to have the dinner with all the, Oh, you got to tell, you, you got to tell the story about the, uh, the deck box. Yeah. The dinner with the mist, the tabletop misfits guys love that. The, those yeah. Guys right. Awesome. Our, our, go, our check, double, go check them out. Our double Panera meal that we had breakfast <laughs> at Panera. And then we got oh, Kato, lunch, lunch. Panera. <laughs> uh, Kaijudo, Kaijudo deck box. If anyone meets us at a convention, let us know. We can tell you that story. It's uh, <laughs> we became we became pretty well known during the event, James and I, for uh, perhaps the reason you wouldn't want to be known. <laughs> these events, not anything that we did, but uh, yeah, it's okay. We we were known as the legends, and uh, you know, shout out to, to Jay from Unplayable. We were both on the same floor. I was heading back to my hotel room that one night. He just like I hear from the end of the hallway. He just goes like, "Old Greg." <laughs> <laughs> you know just i mean the sense of community and camaraderie just from that event alone is awesome like no one really felt to be really in it for themselves no one was like you know doing the super schmooze or whatever trying to get all this info from the devs no. it was really just people that felt really blessed and honored to be at this event to be able to enjoy star wars unlimited and just like really i mean props to ffg for putting this together and also i got to meet you guys in person for the first time which oh is yeah a, if anything yeah. is worth is worth is worth the trip you know if 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 we got one pack of star wars and they're just like all right play a 12 card game of star wars i would have still been fine <laughs> yeah, sure. with that event yeah. you know what i mean like exactly sure. one of the things i'd love to touch on is i think uh suki had a little bit of experience with the game but greg and i were relatively new going into that weekend and so we were really experiencing everything pretty fresh i'm curious greg what was the sort of a, a takeaway from the game itself you know the gameplay the cards um that you're kind of taking into it as you embark on your journey in the star wars unlimited moving forward yeah i mean I, I think the system is really great i was able to play i think i played around 20 25 games very early on with sugi um and that's probably before even half the set was revealed like we were playing like off of 70 80 cards revealed uh, and I was able to learn the game, kind of learn the ropes. But ever after that, you know, I was more focused on either my job or Lorcana or whatever other card game, probably Duel Masters Mobile that I was playing a bunch of, right? So I didn't have too much more time for Star Wars. But really, honestly, I think that just makes the memory of the event so much more great, right? Because, like, there were cards being spoiled. People were like, oh, was this card spoiled before? It's just like, I don't know. They're all new to me. <laughs> I don't know when this was spoiled or, like, how it came about. But, uh yeah, really just having that fresh experience of seeing all these cards for the first time. And uh, it really, it kind of brings back that like early MTG feel. And I don't know, I was I was born with a, a computer in my hand, basically, where like I had easy access to the to the Internet because I'm only 23. But I, I mean, the big thing is that, um, yeah, it's like you kind of felt the, the pre-spoiler days where it's like apparently there's this mythical time in Magic where you'd open up a pack for the first time and you'd see cards that you haven't seen before through any official means and you're like wow what does this thing do what can i what can i build with this and like even going to the event even people that were 100 up to date there were still i think around 15 20 cards if that figure is right 
that mm-hmm. we we didn't know and like we were revealing some on the spot and the tabletop misfits were looking at cards like we were really just kind of scrambling i think as a community we kind of pulled together where it's like we need to make sure that we reveal these cards before ffg finally says <laughs> fine we'll drop the full set list you know what i mean and so just that, that few hours of magic where people are trying to not match the game but the magic magical <laughs> feeling right the whimsy magical feeling of just being like let's all get together let's try to figure out what cards haven't been spoiled yet uh, I mean, it was just awesome. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's my very long winded answer to your question, James. So I'm curious to see what, <laughs> what you would think if I asked that same question back at you. Yeah, for me, it was it was really interesting because um, I had even less experience going into that weekend because uh, I basically played against an AI online like maybe 20 times just to you know try it, you know, maybe the first few months when it first got revealed. And then going into this weekend, I really got fell in love with the, the game mechanics. I think most of the time when you go into designing a new card game or anything in general, you're looking at existing things that work and saying, what can we change to make the system feel fresh? And I think the most exciting thing for me is, you know, being able to take actions back and forth within a turn. I think that's what's really selling me on it. Obviously, Star Wars characters and everything else, super exciting. But in terms of playing the game, that aspect feels really refreshing and new and it makes it feel like I'm not playing solitaire back and forth. You know what I mean? Like it's one thing to be like, I make all my actions and then they make all their actions and then I make my actions. There's something so strategic and complex uh, about saying I do one action. Now you do yours. And if they do something you weren't planning, you have to sort of change your plan out for the rest of the, for the rest of the round. And I think that's incredibly refreshing and it's going to make this game have a lot more longevity. Every game is going to feel different because of that. It was so surprising to me when I learned that it's just like sometimes the initiative is just worse. People keep on like <laughs> hyping up the initiative. It's just like, oh, I'll take the initiative. I need to take the play the next round, right? But if you have a removal spell, you actually want them to take the play first, make them waste yeah. their action, play your vanquish or takedown. And it's like, haha, you did nothing. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. just, it's, so, it's so interesting. So have you have you noticed that quite a bit in your testing where it's just like, yeah, I mean, sometimes initiative is what seems to be the obvious play, but like, no, I want to see what they have on the table first before I commit to anything. Yeah. As a control player, I don't very frequently take the, uh, the initiative because it's like you said, I want my opponent to overextend or give me more targets for removal. Mm-hmm. So I'm never very like, there's a couple games where like, if I take the initiative, I win. So obviously you do, but like nine times out of 10, the decks I play have a lot of actions, a lot of low cost cards, a lot of ways to kind of stall the game out. So my opponent has to do all their stuff and then I could just kind of go crazy knowing that they're not going to interact with me whatsoever. But uh, that is very much a control player aspect. If you're playing mid-range or aggro, generally you want to go first because you want to just have that constant pressure. So it does depend on what you're doing. But for me personally, I, I'm not terribly invested in the initiative token. I don't need it very frequently. Yeah, Kasugi wants to take down my Sabine <laughs> every time I play. I, sure. I did that. I did do that. Yeah, it, it felt really good. Well, actually, so funny enough, in that game we played, um, I knew you were, so Sabine comes out on what, turn four, I think? Yep, four. Yeah, so when we were playing, you went first, and you didn't deploy her. You attacked. So I was like, uh, I'll attack. And then you attacked again. I think you had like two or three bodies on the board, and I had like one mm-hmm. or two. So I'm just like, I'm just going to keep attacking and wait. And then you <laughs> played something. I'm like, oh, this is bad. So I'm like trying to stall without blowing my uh, my resources. Yep. So I'm like slowly trying to like pace out the game. And then you're like, Sabine action. Everyone takes one damage. I'm like, I am running out of options here. If you don't play the Sabine, I am going to have to, I'm going to be forced to take the initiative. I think I actually passed 
you forced me to take the mm-hmm. soft pass. And I was like, please, God, <laughs> do not let James realize what I'm doing. Because if you passed, then the turn would have reset. Mm-hmm. And you would have gotten all that value and I would have gotten nothing. But you conveniently played the Sabine to which I responded <laughs> with a takedown. And that worked out great. But yeah, if you, if you see a control player pass... Just think for a split second your next action because they're probably waiting for you to play something. And if you pass after the other person passes, then the turn is over. You draw cards, you resource cards, and you go to the next round. And like you would have gotten so much value and I would have gotten nothing. <laughs> and it's those little micro decisions that make it so exciting, right? Like it, it just means that like real competitive events are going to play out so well. Like that's going to be the coolest thing to watch on stream. If you're watching a competitive event, it's going to be that chess game of like he's stalling out to make sure that, you know, he runs out of actions and has to pass before he makes their move. Like, I mean, it, that's incredibly exciting. Um, and a lot of times card games are a lot more straightforward. It's like, I do something pass then they have to do something there's just something really complex for the people who really crave that strategic gameplay to say not only are my cards in my deck important and um playing them is important it's even just the order the sequencing the you know bluffing to say like oh i'm gonna take initiative now instead of doing something else uh there's so much layers there i don't i I think it's an art honestly i think even taking the initiative uh, counter is is an art in itself and so there's going to be a lot of depth for people who are interested in that side of the game. Super easy so many, to get into. So many layers if you want to get deeper. So many layers like an ogre. I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm Shrek. Like an onion? <laughs> That's how you know it's late for us. I'm starting to make the Shrek references. Oh, my god. I already gosh. did all-star earlier in the episode. We've gone full circle. That's, that's true. We've gone full circle. Uh, I want to say one of my big takeaways from the Star Wars community event was uh, hanging out with Jim Cartwright. I, I, I love this guy. He is an absolutely fantastic human being. But... Uh, one of the coolest things is he's got all the aspects tattooed on his arm. And like, you cannot tell me this man does not absolutely love and believe in this game to put <laughs> that level of dedication. And it's not like upper arm. It is like, what's that front part front of and your, center? Yeah. Like you thought he was femur, not, I think. Femur. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Femur. That's, that's a good way to put it. Like if you sit down across from this individual, it's going to be like right in your face. And All you got to do is ask, what are those? He's like, let me tell you. And like, there's just so much passion and joy and excitement. And that was just everywhere we went with every person we talked to, be it content creator, uh, FFG employee, designers, developers, marketing team. Everyone was just so filled with this excitement that their, their baby has come to life. And we get to finally like play with these cards in real life but uh those tattoos are really really cool uh if i wasn't afraid of needles i might consider doing one of them i would do vigilance that's my color but i was gonna uh, ask yeah (laughs) it it would be vigilance but man i i'm just me and needles not not friends i'm I'm right there with you my wife is tatted up and i'm like nope i'm good yeah yeah i'll take a shot at the doctor's office that's it that's my limit Greg, if you had to put a tattoo on you of, a, of an aspect, which one would it be? Oh, of an aspect. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, man. I'm not sure if I'm really, like, too dedicated to, to any one of them. Cop really... out. Cop out. Boo. You got to pick one now. Cunning. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Okay. That's also mine. So I, I'm right. I, I'll, all right. Cunning would be my number one choice, but since you took it, I'll, I'll go aggression. That's my second. No, cunning. Cunning's cool. You can both be cunning, buddies. 
Yes, we could be cutting. Also, buddies. from from a graphic design standpoint, standpoint, I think Cunning has the coolest design, personally. Uh. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> Thanks for watching this episode. Of <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! Uh, Greg, I know you had some uh, some stuff you want to say about Mr. Jeremy Zern, Jeremy Zwern, aka Jay Z, from yeah. the uh, Fancy Flight team. Uh, but you got to talk to him. You got to play some games. Like, how did that go? Yeah. So, um, you know, Jeremy Zwern has been on this uh, podcast before when we had Xander and him on to kind of talk about the game. We had a lot of great questions. Uh, still, probably worth uh, checking out and listening to nowadays if you wanted to. Uh, we have it. I think it's episode 101 of TCG cast. So dun, dun, dun. The, the inaugural episode. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, Sugu's just like, yeah, Greg's got a bunch of, bunch of questions for you. And at the time, I'm just like, do I, but yeah, we had a great conversation. We, uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, uh, we found a spot that's a bit quieter, you know, cause there's music and people are having the hors d'oeuvres or horse d'oeuvres as I call them and you know, having a great time. <laughs> wow. but, you know, it was pretty loud in there. Um, but yeah, we, we had a great conversation and like, man, when, when he says he's a senior game designer, been working for, I think it was like eight plus years in the industry, some figure like that. I mean, he really does mean it. I was able to like, he's, he's able to reference different types of games and LCGs and trade card games with ease, being able to kind of synthesize them, link them all together, find the commonalities between all of them. And just, you know, really, I, I felt like I learned a lot from him. I had a lot of questions kind of about Star Wars Unlimited, um, different games. He knew about Dual Masters immediately out of the gate because I referenced it as my favorite training card game. He's like, yeah, the nice. shield, you know, like he was able to <laughs> kind of talk about what that game did very well. And of course, we see a parallel in a lot of trading card games nowadays with like the card as resource thing. And that's what Star Wars Unlimited choose to implement. And uh, really the biggest difference, and I actually brought this up on the podcast in 101 as well, which is like you, you start with two. And I, I think Jeremy's really big on just being able to have a, a thing that you can do on turn two. And um, being able to draw to as well amongst that, where it's like a lot Ooh. of times, you know, in, in Duel Masters, you know, even though I love it so much, I'm willing to recognize its its flaws. A lot of times, because you only start with five cards, you get one card a turn, you have to really play mana if you want to get your engine going. A lot of times you're just going to be placing something down, you're going to say pass, and then you're going to place something down. Yep. And then your opponent's going to place something down, and you'll pass, right? And so a lot of times in that game, you'd have to play cards that draw you just to supplement the fact that if you play a card and put a resource down every single turn, you're eventually just going to run out of cards. And Jeremy's just like, yeah, I, I wonder why more developers and designers don't do this draw two system because you still get your card for turn, but you also get an easy way to determine what your resource is going to be, how to sell your, set yourself up for success. I sound like a, a college guidance counselor right now. <laughs> setting yourself <laughs> up for success uh, later in the game, right? We don't, we don't, we don't want to get into some bad habits now, right? But like, yeah, just being able to have that draw to there where you don't feel completely starved for cards, especially if you aren't playing cards that draw to supplement. It doesn't right. feel like playing extra cards that draw is a necessity in Star Wars Unlimited. In fact, sometimes I feel like my Palpatine deck draws too much. It's like I have nine <laughs> cards in hand. What am I, supposed to, I can't play cards. all these, right? Um, and so, you know, really just uh, I think I'll keep it pretty short and sweet. I think we had at least a 30-minute conversation. And, of course, Jeremy's wearing a great resource, definitely uh, great to talk to and knows his stuff. Um, and, and is a very, very senior game designer that, um, you know, just knows how to, to reference deeply and also reference widely across the, the industry as a whole. So it's clear the passion's there. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad that he's on board for this project. And he decided, uh, designed seven costs Darth Vader in the villainy and, uh, green. <laughs> so that, that's a very good card. It's probably that one card of my favorite cards sick. in the set. 
Yeah, I wish I asked him to sign that card for me. Oh boy, missed opportunities. Oh. Missed opportunities. I pulled one. Whoops. <laughs> oh, that's right. You did. I'm so jealous. I'm sure there'll be more chances. There'll be no, more I, chances. Don't worry. All of that packs unplugged. All of that is uh, is is amazing, and I'm glad you got to have that conversation. I think uh, as a designer on my end, hearing the ins and outs of yeah, how people come to decisions they make, and they, they, they're they really historians of the, the field they're in. So the fact that they're building a card game and they actually took the time to study all these, you know, the history of card games that came before, what's wrong with them, what doesn't work, what does. And uh, that whole two, two draw at the end of a, of a phase is genius. Uh, I think the the least fun thing in a card game is not having cards to play, <laughs> but it happens all the time, <laughs> right? It like, yeah. all it sucks. the time. And uh, I quickly noticed, like, how aggro really benefits from that in this game. Like every deck benefits from it, but aggro in particular really gets to enjoy that extra draw because like you resource the four or five. And then after that, you're just drawing two cards and playing those two cards. And so I'm curious to see how that'll balance out over time of aggro having that little advantage uh, from the two draw system. Uh, But I'm pretty sure they've thought it all through. (laughs) I'm excited to see. Okay. So as we wrap up this episode, obviously there are so many talking points there. There's so many highs and unfortunately we just cannot cover all of them, but as a trading card game, we are going to be pulling a lot of cards and let's wrap up this episode talking about our favorite pull from this event. What was your favorite card you got out of the packs you pulled or the cards you drafted during this event? Uh, we'll start with James. What was your what was your number one card? Oh, this is a tough one because it depends on what we're talking about. Like, so I might have to give a couple answers. Sorry. Okay. okay, <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> so if we're talking about aesthetically, like the prize possession that just looked the best for me, um, it was a hyperspace foil job of the hut. It is just so beautiful and it's a well-known character that people are a fan of and so uh in terms of the look of a card that one wins it for me uh in terms of two cards that i really enjoy um that i pulled was uh millennium falcon Uh, i pulled that in like my first pack during the sealed event and this was like in every cunning deck i could play that day uh such a cool card and uh I'll mention uh, two more and I'll, I'll wrap it up. Uh, Admiral Akbar <laughs> is one of the only cards that uh, I got a foil of that makes me want to play command. I really had no interest in command. Sorry, guys. Uh, but Admiral Akbar, it's a trap. <laughs> like this card, <laughs> this card is so beautiful. The green shines so well on the foiling. And then lastly, uh, I'll mention Mace Windu was my legendary foil that I pulled. And uh, just staring at this card, I don't care if it's not a meta card or if a card it's a card people are going to play competitively. But uh, my goal is definitely to get Samuel L. Jackson to sign this because he's on a trading card, and I and I love it. <laughs> so those yeah. are mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I talked about mine very briefly, and really, it's just uh, it, it encompasses a lot of what I really love about trading card game design. Uh, this is something I'll probably have Sugi put on the docket for a future podcast, but I really love studying the difference between Western versus Eastern card game design. Mm. So like the differences between card games or card designs that we see from games in the East, which is like Japan and other South, Southeast Asian regions and card games from America. Right. And so really the seven cost um, command uh, villainy, Darth Vader designed by Jeremy's Wern himself, five, seven ambush, when played, you kind of roll a roulette wheel. One of the big things about Japanese trading card design that I really love is that there's this really like RNG or like exciting moment where you're just like, oh no, how is this game going to turn into my favor? And like everything can really seem like you're you're really out of the game. But this, this card is really cool because it says you get to search the top 10 cards of your deck for any number of villainy units with a combined cost of three or less 
and play them for free. So what that means is that you can play a three cost, a two cost, and a one cost, or if you get really lucky, three one costs. And so really it's just to kind of symbolize Darth Vader and his, you know, the, the first Legion and all the, the troopers behind him and all that stuff, just like Darth Vader and, and his army, really. Um, but, but really, I just kind of love when card games and like the system itself doesn't need to have that extra added layer of RNG. But like when cards do it, it's like, oh, man, this is a very like Eastern, I guess, inspired design where it's like, oh, no, I don't know what I'm going to get. Look at the top three. Play whatever. Um, you know, I just I just love those very exciting like roller coaster type moments in card games, because at the end of the day, we aren't playing chess. You know, if we wanted a 100 percent skill based experience let's just play chess, right? We're playing a card game. We're playing a card game and variance is a, you know, love it or hate it is a very quintessential element of those card games. And like when, when cards or designers just kind of go all the way with it and just like, you know what, let's just embrace the framework or the fabric of the game that we're trying to create or the kind of game that we're designing for. Um, I really love it. And I just, I can't wait to play this Darth Vader card in many of my games in Star Wars Unlimited and just be like, all right, all right, boys, take a look at those top 10, you know, start praying, <laughs> see what's in those top 10. And uh, yeah, no, that is my favorite card by far. Nice. Okay. Don't let Greg go to Las Vegas, guys. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> very, let very me go to Japan, dangerous. though. There you go. Let me go to Japan. Play more card games. There you go. Wow. <laughs> Uh, well, my favorite card is probably not surprising to anyone if you've been uh, watching or listening to our Twitter feed over the last week. But uh, I actually was able to pull the very first showcase in the world outside of the Fantasy Flight staff, and it was the Director Krennic. So it's in my favorite color. I was already working on a Krennic control deck, so seeing that was like, well... I think I know what I'm playing this weekend, but uh, the showcase cards are absolutely gorgeous. These are a they are a rainbow foil, but there's there's something different about the foiling. I don't know what they did, but it's uh, it's absolutely incredible. Also, the artwork feels kind of like a spot gloss. So the background art and the foil are basically like one layer and then the artwork of Krennic or whoever's on there. So uh, someone else pulled Palpatine at the uh, community event. So the the primary character is basically the frontmost layer and it's kind of a shiny, glossy version of that artwork. So it, it really does truly stand out as a showcase compared to everything else that's um, much more two-dimensional. So if you ever happen to get your hands on one, like these are awesome. So uh, yeah, that was one of my favorite pulls. I want to tell the story about this too. This is, this is nuts. So uh, we get our booster boxes and they told us don't open anything, but uh, you can get six packs out of your box and prepare to um, build a sealed deck. So while everyone's getting into the room and all the content creators are getting seated, the uh, live stream team was prepping. So you've got camera ops and talent and, uh, you know, stage floor managers that are, you know, counting people down. So we're just kind of waiting. And I noticed that the artwork on the booster packs have uh, Leia, Chewie, Thrawn and somebody else. I don't even know who it was. And I really wanted to play Thrawn that weekend, like super, super bad. Ironically, I didn't pull a Thrawn. I had to trade for him. But I pulled out. Um, so there's 24 packs in the box. There's four different pieces of artwork. So there were eight different packs that had a picture of Thrawn. So most people just grab 
six packs from the top of their box, either top six on the left, top six on the right, or three and three. I actually went through the box and physically pulled out all of the Thrawn booster packs. Then I picked six of those eight booster packs for my sealed. Then on top of that, the uh, person across from me, I asked, I was like, which of these booster packs should open first? And they're like, that one. They pick one of those packs. And so we get the clearance, open your packs, go and start building decks. And no joke, my first pack, first pull, first card I ever saw in my entire life was that Showcase Thrawn. And the the mathematical odds of that happening are so stupid low. It's it's ridiculous. I, I don't even want to think about the odds. But yeah, there it was there. So people are already asking me, you know, like, are you going to sell it? No. Uh, you know, where do you go from there? I don't know. Like, you know, when your first card <laughs> ever. Is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your first <laughs> card ever is a showcase. What can beat that? I don't know. A second showcase. Like, I really have no idea where, where to go from there. <laughs> No, that was poetic. Uh, honestly, it was beautiful to see. Uh, I would dare say our fearless leader uh, of TCG cast basically get that moment <laughs> immediately as we all start cracking open packs. I mean, it was it was magical. You can't write this stuff. It was incredible. No. Well, it's no. it's so funny because everyone had like lapel mics on and like you could still hear it on the stream. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you can hear me screaming. I was like, credit, credit, credit. <laughs> yeah, and it's also really funny. I watched back that live stream, and I didn't even know that you got some airtime, Sugi. You were you were the uh, I guess the crowned jewel of like being the showcase polar as well, <laughs> being able to talk to FOG in that way. But like, yeah, you, you got some airtime pretty early on with that epic poll, you know. So uh, they they picked people to be on the stream to play, and they'd picked people to be on the stream to do interviews. So mm-hmm. they'd actually chosen me to be on the interview side way before i pulled or opened any packs that's funny so, stuff yeah Ironic. it's 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 like the per yeah it really is a cinderella story because they were like yeah we didn't schedule this it, we actually talked to sugi like way before about this and i'm like it'll be funny yeah. if you were set up though <laughs> yeah well there, yeah, there's were, there's no way it's just oh, yeah. impossible. You sorted your packs yeah just just to add to the layer of insanity of making the first pack first pull uh, when they opened the doors to enter the uh, facility, they had us line up and then we checked in and then they gave us our goodie bag. So I was the second person in line. So like if if anything had changed and someone else had been second person in line, they would have gotten it. But on top of that, like we don't know where that pack came from in the box. It could have been at the top. It could have been at the bottom. So like if it had been anyone else, they may or may not have even pulled that showcase in their first six packs. Right. So like there's just so much math. It's, it's just nuts. So uh, it's a really fun story to tell, but I'm still just blown away. Like first pack, first pick, first card showcase Krennic. Wow. So you're, you're forcing Krennic in this set, right? You got to play him now, right? I'm pretty <laughs> much locked into Krennic decks. I mean, I was going to do Krennic control and Thrawn control. So, wow. So unique and so scary, but yeah, I'm uh well, I'm I'm actually sending that Krennic off to PSA. He's already been sent off to get graded. So uh, That's awesome. I'm going to use my other showcase Krennic or my uh, my hyperspace Krennic instead. I'm hoping you get your ten despite dropping on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my we, hands. We don't talk about Bruno. We don't. Yeah, we don't. We don't talk about Bruno. No, no. Yeah, my hands were literally <laughs> shaking. Someone was like, "Show me the card." I like turned around and it just fell out of my hands. I was like. Well, PSA nine. There we go. <laughs> well, the goodness, I think it actually fell on one of the bags that we got, so it wasn't on like the floor floor. I don't. I don't know. I don't it know. Was, Either it way, was, the card cares? still looks fine. I took yeah. a look at it. It's probably 
nine or ten material. So yeah, I highly doubt it, it took any damage. But yeah, like this card was touched by people. It fell on the floor. It was. It's just. It's been. It's been a wild ride. I mean, you're like <laughs> Greg. You have perfect fits. I oh, need yeah. one. <laughs> Turned around, I was like, Greg, you've got perfect fits. Can I please have one? He's like, uh-huh. I got you. I'm like, imagine me. if I come unprepared to any situation ever. I'm just like Thrawn. He's just like me for real. <laughs> yeah, Greg is like for real life Thrawn. But yeah, if you go and watch the live stream about, I think, an hour and 20, when the team sits down to like start talking about their twin sons deck with the overhead cam, you can hear me screaming like, credit, credit, credit. People are like clapping and like, yeah, I was I was just bull- like I stood up, started screaming. It's like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh my gosh! Like you found the golden ticket. Woo! Golden ticket. But since we're all getting cases, now we have to have like the case challenge to see if any one of us gets a, a showcase out of that. So it would be hilarious if you get another chronic. <laughs> I I would I would have to trade for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like please no, give me that Thrawn. That new Thrawn looks great. <laughs> I think yeah. it's likely if, if my luck from Lorcana passes over to Star Wars Unlimited, I haven't pulled a single, uh, what do you call them? Uh, enchanted. <laughs> enchanted. I haven't pulled a single Enchanted in I don't know how many boxes I've opened. So clearly I'm not set up for a showcase. But how we'll many see. boxes have you opened though? It had to have been like eight maybe. I'm not Ooh. sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't pulled a single one. should have seen one by now. Well, maybe your luck is in Star Wars. Could be. Maybe that's where I was supposed to be this entire time. Was <laughs> in Star Wars. Here's the other thing. Someone did the math, and I think they said if you pull a legendary hyperspace foil card, that's like one in two hundred packs. So wow. that's almost as rare as the two hundred and eighty-eight packs for a showcase. So don't don't fret. If you don't get a showcase, but you hit a hyperfoil legendary, that is still pretty darn impressive. I'm definitely playing my leaders in hyperspace at the very, very least. I think they're yeah. too nice in hyperspace to not. Are but you playing out your uh, base and your leader combo? I think, yeah, I think most of them, I think my deck is going to be normal just because it's probably the most sustainable thing to do. But my leaders, yeah, the ones I plan to play, I think I'm going to try to bling them out. Maybe not showcase bling, but, you know, as far as I can go before showcase. Here's here's another question before we go, because yeah. I just can't stop talking. You know those uh, those C3P OP kits that have the, the three-card packs? Oh, yeah. Yep. You know how they say that they have cards that have different uh, hyperspace and foiling that aren't in the standard set? Oh, are you thinking they're going to be hyper, hyperspace foil leaders? Do you think there's going to be hyperfoil leaders or bases in there? I would hope. Well, I mean, I feel like this. They they got to now, right? I don't know. I I have no idea. But it's like when they said that, what else could it possibly be? That's I'm I'm with you on that. We'll figure it out. So yeah, it was like, hey, you can get cards that don't normally have hyperspace or foil rarities. It's like ba- bases, leaders. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> It's yeah, it's a it's a picture of that fry meme just to oh, take my yeah. money. Oh yeah. Yo yeah, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right. Well, we probably better get out of here. It's getting late and uh, we've been talking a long time, but thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, this has been absolutely amazing. Again, we want to give a a huge shout out to Fantasy Flight Games for hosting this event bringing all these content creators together, providing uh, swag, providing cards, providing an atmosphere, an environment that was absolutely uh, magical. That's probably the best way to say it. And and really putting their best foot forward to showcase that they want this to be something totally different than anything they've ever done. 
And I, I could truly say I think Star Wars Unlimited and the Fantasy Flight team are are really sitting on a gold mine. As long as they don't do anything silly like they have with past games, this one should really last a, a really long time, like much longer than Star Wars Destiny or the Star Wars LCG. And I think that's really, really exciting. Any last thoughts from y'all before we get on out of here? I want my cards to come soon and before March <laughs> because I want to play this game. So there you go. That's <laughs> same here. Same here. <laughs> well, to echo uh, Sugi's thoughts, I mean, uh, one thing I really appreciated was the fact that uh, a lot of people, a lot of games usually will put one designer up front and say, hey, this is a spokesperson. Uh, it was beautiful to sort of humanize the team and take everybody out of the cave, you know, <laughs> out, of the, out of the dev cave and say, hey, no, we're going to present all of our designers, all of our marketing, all of our the people on our team and let them be the face of this game. And I, I greatly appreciate that and being invited to that event. It's a once in a lifetime experience that I'll never forget. All right. Well, that is the end of the show. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We want to give, again, a huge shout out to Alchemist Refuge and John Medina for getting all of our cards. All three of us are picking up all of our uh, cases from Alchemist Refuge. If you're listening to this and you are going to be picking up Star Wars Limited and you want to help support small businesses, check out alchemistrefuge.shop. We will have more information in the show notes. But that's it. We will be back with another episode in the future. So thanks for joining us. We'll see everyone next time. And remember, may the force be with you. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of TCG Cast. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media at TCG Cast on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And if you're looking to pick up a brand new set of trading card game singles or accessories, go check out our sponsor, alchemistrefuge.shop. This is where we pick up all of our supplies, and we highly recommend you should too. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode. We'll see everybody next time. And remember, play games and have fun. 